Hello, this is Nerd Cage Live, and we just wanted to thank you for listening to this audio-only version of the show. And be sure to subscribe here and over on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash nerdcagelive. You're now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello, welcome. That's right. Once again, you are trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This channel is a celebration of all things pop culture, including the greatest place in the world, the largest arcade in the world, the Galloping Ghost Arcade. Please hit that like button and subscribe and share this channel with everybody you know. It helps us more than you know. I'm your co-host, JSAG, Certified Geek, seven days a week, coming to you live from yours truly, the land of the orange, the land of Tom Cruise, the land of Earth Crisis of Syracuse, New York. He's back! Always among us. It's our moderator and troll hammer. Stronger than the DK banana slammer. You can't stop it. You can't crop it. You can't top it. Like a B-52 bomber Oppenheimer. He's gonna drop it. Born from the atomic seed in the titanium womb. He's the Nerd Cage Live Gaming Prophet. Everybody, welcome back. Joe of All Alone Gaming, please. Introduce our guest tonight. Tonight, we have the one, the only, Doc Mac, owner of Galloping Ghost Arcade here with us tonight. How are you, sir? Doing well, thanks for having me on. Excellent. Before we we go any further, Joe, who do we got in the chat tonight? In the chat tonight, we have our Tara 11 and a ton of lurkers, I'm sure. Don't be shy. They'll all start pouring in. (laughs) <laughs> but absolutely we're very 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 excited tonight uh and we got a lot of stuff to go over real quick so um well i'm joe i'm just fixing your screen here there we go much better much better all right joe if you haven't already our live screen live stream with adam yes jay went head to head with adam of scry productions check that out and last week our last week's stream Yes, with Tyler Nichols of Joe Blow, Horror and Originals. Let's rip through these real quick, Joe. We got a bunch of videos out there on the channel right now, starting with our energy drink review. Yes, of the MK11 energy drinks from G Fuel with Tabmuck99. And of course, check out our live stream, Mortal Kombat yes, Final Review. Of our final review of Mortal Kombat 1. Podcast will be as available. Well as- yep as well as our story mode playthrough, starting at two hours and 38 minutes yes. on our sub as well as Twitch as it lasts. And speaking of Mortal Kombat 1, we have our unboxing video of the Mortal Kombat 1 Collector's Edition. And speaking of that Collector's Edition, Joe. We're giving one away. And of course, tomorrow on Twitch, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Yes, we will be back playing Medieval Remastered. And then on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we go back to Resident Evil Nemesis. Next Thursday, you you demanded it. He's coming back. Yes, Dave Niavor of Dog Eat Dog, right before his European tour. And then on the 26th... Will be our giveaway with Uncanny Carlos and MK Habit Addict. And then Saturday the 28th, Watch Party. Yes, of Ernest Scared Stupid with Mistress Leanna Lee. And of course, November 2nd, Joe. 
Oh my God, Heather Hardy will be on the show. <laughs> yes, boxer MMA, five KOs, 25 wins across MMA and boxing. We are excited to have her on. All right, uh, Joe, do what you do best, plug in social media. All right, if you want to get us on Twitter or Instagram, both handles are at nerd underscore cage. Our link to our Discord is in the description. Become a member there as well. And our Facebook discussion group, that is Nerd Cage Nation. We love everything you guys put up there. No spoilers, no politics. And for God's sakes, keep it civil. And if you haven't already, please pick yourself up a Nerd Cage Live t-shirt like the one Joe's wearing. Uh, we have pillows, hoodies, stickers, magnets, all bunch of awesome designs here like our regular designs, any size, any color, uh, not for the kids, uh, <laughs> PlayStation designs, and of course we got some Mortal Kombat designs here like the arcade marquee, and of course Mortal Kombat 1 fatality, 2 fatality, 3 fatality, do not tell the RZA, Wu-Tang, uh, for you kaiju fanatics we got the legendary kaiju shirt, we have our MCU Shirt. And of course, it's too dangerous to go alone. Get yourself a Zelda style Nerd Cage Live shirt. Yes! So, speaking of Zelda, speaking of gaming, Doc Mac! And I was just talking to you off air. You are living every man's dream. So, for starters, tell us how you became the owner of such an awesome establishment. Explain the establishment of the Galloping Ghost Arcade. And if you can give us a little history lesson how it started, we'd love to hear it. Floor is yours. Sure. Um, so, actually, it, most people think it it started with the arcade, and uh, it actually was the inception of it. Everything came from our uh, production company, which opened in '94, uh, Galpingos Productions, and uh, we were working on a 2D one-on-one -on -one fighting game called Dark Presence, and uh, had worked on it for close shot it we had uh done all live actors very similar to how the original mortal Kombat's were were filmed and worked on it for about 10 years and everything seemed so dated at that point we went back into the studio in 2005 and reshot the whole thing came out of that studio and were in post-production and we had all our guys working on it and doing blue screen or green screening. And we were kind of looking at the arcade scene and we're like, we're putting this out in the arcade and the arcades are, every time you hear about one of them, they're closing up. So it was just kind of um, a whim situation of like, yeah, let's, let's open an arcade to prove that they can still be successful. And uh, originally, I opened with a business partner who was one of the actors in the second game uh, that we were working on, and it, it just blew up. It it was we opened in August thirteenth, two thousand and ten, with one hundred and thirty games, wow. and about it was literally like everybody that we were telling about uh, the arcade and. We were introducing a, a free play model where you just pay a door fee and you get in, which was unheard of at the time. Nice. And everybody in the industry was like, that's never gonna work. And um, it, it was really a way that we could prove that arcades were still relevant. So 
We took a, a very long hiatus. Um, we were still working on the game, but the focus was was definitely getting the arcade up and running. And it, it two two or three years in, I bought my business partner out because we had very different ideas of how we were going to run things. And um, after that, just kind of put the pedal down and. Um, now we're the largest arcade in the world. We went from being in one building to it's the entire block. Yeah. Um, we've done expansion after expansion. Um, we do a thing called the Monday Mystery Game where we put a new game on the arcade floor every every Monday at 5 p.m. and stream the whole thing. Um, we haven't missed a week in over eight years. So we're up to 952 games. Um, we see about 80,000 people through the door every year and uh, we just keep expanding it. Um, we've been able to open other businesses that kind of symbiotically help the arcade um, and, and facilitate players that travel in from all over the world. So it's been a pretty yeah. cool thing. That's amazing. <laughs> By the way, I just want everybody to know that every time I'm in Chicago, I always I always make it a priority to stop at the Galloping Ghost Arcade, but but Doc, I gotta tell you I gotta tell you something I gotta tell you something. I've been to the Galloping Ghost Arcade like five or six times already, and oh my god, don't kill me! But I have yet to gone on the I haven't been to the pinball side yet because I'm still going through all the this is how big this place is. I'm still going through six times six times in my life I've been there. I still haven't played all the games yet that I want to play there. Which is why I haven't gotten to the pinball section yet. Um, it's been a crazy thing where the demand for pinball is insane. And I love pinball. I'm a video game guy, though. Like, I, there's 952 video games and then 45 pins. Um, it's such a, it's a, a different crowd. It's, uh, some people are only go to the pinball side. Some people want to go to the video side. Some go to both, and it's it's all good. It's it's yeah. whatever anybody needs. I always buy the ticket to go to both because um, for those who don't know, if you go to Gavin Goes Arcade, you can pay a fee to just go to the arcade, or you can pay a fee to just go to the pinball screen, or you can pay a combination fee to go to both. And yes. I, I always buy you know ticket for both, but I never make it to the pinball side. <laughs> it's there's a there's a lot down at the arcade side it's it's a lot to get through we see so many people travel in um like from literally all over the world yeah and they, they stay for a week they stay for a month and it's it's a lot of games to get through yes and also you mentioned earlier about the the mystery mondays please everybody links are in the description the Galpin Ghost Arcade YouTube channel, link in the description, along with Galpin Ghost Arcade Fighting, and of course, the, the website, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Please give them a follow, give them a visit, check out their live streams. Um, one of the more exciting things, and, I, and, I, and this this was inevitable, this, was ha this has to come up, and the Galpin Ghost Arcade is the only place on Earth with the only machine of Primal Rage 2. Uh, let's talk about that. So, so technically, there are, a, there's a couple of other board sets out there. 
Okay. Um, I think I think there's one in Australia right now. Um, I know there's. Uh, I I think he's in California. Uh, he has the original dedicated cabinet. Ours is a recreation. Uh, boards and everything. What was that? Are they owned by businesses or personal? Private collectors. That that was really the the private collector in California. Uh, I believe he had taken the machine to a show uh, in the maybe early two thousands, and that was like really the first time people had seen it. And it, it's awesome that people um, got a, a glimpse of it because so many people that was like the the holy grail of arcade collecting. <laughs> Nobody even really knew it was real. Like there was just a couple of screenshots of it. And there's a few stories from people that said that they played it when it was out on test and everything. But for the most part, it just vanished. I'm so gonna we be were very surprised. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. And this is, this, this, this is just my opinion. Um, I, 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 I try to play it every time I'm there. Right. Because I know I'm not gonna play it anywhere else, but here's the thing. When I first played it, I didn't like it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't like it. Um, I, in fact, I, I can safely say I like the first one better. However, my most recent visit, by the way, I, we were I was DMing you. I, you know, when I was visiting over the summer, um, I gave the game another chance. And now that I understand it with the whole Avatar thing, I like it. I like it now. I still like the first one more, but now I I no longer dislike the game. And now that I'm finally learning how to play it, I really wish there was, I wish, I wish it just, it breaks my heart that this game never got a worldwide release. So this is, this is one of the biggest things. Um, I talk about this with the, the production guys all the time. The industry in the late nineties was ahead of its time. The players the players were kind of stuck wanting the same thing. And you you had Street Fighter 2 come out uh, and everybody loved it. You had Mortal Kombat 2 come out, um, Primal Rage was out, everybody was just loving everything. Yeah. When Third Strike came out, it I remember it was in my arcade and then it was out. Like it came in and people were like, and it doesn't it doesn't have the characters that I recognize and they kind of pushed it away and it was very much the same thing for Primal Rage 2 and I think these games were ahead of their time for the players and I remember when we put we, we got our copy we got our Primal Rage 2 and the one of the designers Chris Tang who is an amazing amazing guy he called us up and said that it was really one of the only games that he had worked on. He knew how good this game was and it, it bothered him that the game got canceled. He had worked on other Street Fighter games and Marvel games and worked on the original Primal Rage. And he's like, this was a great game, but people, uh, they didn't really get to enjoy it. It didn't get out there enough and get the exposure. And it was so unfortunate. <laughs> it wasn't until like our we had a, a fighting team team gga that was a, a pro fighting team in mortal kombat 9 nice. and 
they tore that game apart when we put it on the arcade floor. They did all these live streams. The first night they did like an eight hour stream and they were finding all the, the deep combos. Like you'd start a combo in one form, then switch to your avatar and then finish yeah. combo. <laughs> and it was something that people didn't really get back then. And we're just like, no, no, we want, we want Street Fighter 2. And I, I honestly think that slowed the industry down so much. Like you look at games like Street Fighter 4 and Capcom listened to everybody and went back and they're like, okay, yeah. you didn't like all these new characters. Well, Street Fighter 4, here's Street Fighter 2 with new graphics and yep. it's the same moves and the same backgrounds, the same music, and it looks beautiful, but it's the same game. It's, it's different and I loved it. I played it so much, but it wasn't the advancements. And I think in the late 90s, the players influenced the industry so much in a, to me, a detrimental way because the cool thing about arcade games was that they could they could stay. Like you could have yeah. a Street Fighter 2 next to a Street Fighter 3. And if you like Street Fighter 2, go play Street Fighter 2. Yeah. But as, as it all evolved, now games, you, you don't get, you're getting a lot of rehash stuff. Like the same characters are just being brought back every single time. And it's like they were, the industry wanted to bring so much innovation. And I think due to player, uh, just kind of like backlash, they were like, okay, that's not what you want. Well, you're going to get all the same characters now. And it's one of those things when we were working on our games, we've got our game Dark Presence and we've got the sequel to A Conquering Light. And it was one of those things that always bothered me, like especially with a game like Mortal Kombat. It's like, it's Mortal Kombat. You're killing people. Yeah. Why are they back in the next one? And it kind of devalued the, um, what was going on in the game. It was just kind of like, well, everybody will come back. Don't worry about your favorite character ever getting killed off. He'll be back. And in doing that, it kind of made the previous games where you don't need to have all the games in the series. You can just have the newest one and you'll pretty much get everybody. So yeah. to me, I, I, I was so critical of looking at Primal Rage with um, the, the lenses of this is going to be a lot of innovation going on in this game. And uh, our, our, our team GGA really took to it. So I, I'm, I'm glad you're giving it another chance and going back. Yes. And I, yeah, I think it, it would have changed the whole industry if they had not listened to the players in a lot of sense. I that makes any sense. Yes, and I absolutely do believe that Primal Rage deserves a, either a third game or a reboot. Now, uh, Joe, we got a bunch of questions in the chat. Do. So let's, let's, let's field some questions real quick. These are some good ones. So, uh, Joe, fire away. I think Artaro is first. All right, yeah. So Artaro asks, are there any spook, spooky like horror games at the, at the arcade with a cool name like Galloping Ghost? <laughs> uh, we, do, we do have... Um... Uh, a bunch of horror themed games uh the versus castlevania haunted castle which is the japanese arcade version of castlevania um the much later castlevania arcade game silent hill splatterhouse so many great 
horror theme games that uh, if you're a fan of Galloping Ghosts, you'll I, I can add to that. We, we got the House of the Dead 1, 2, 3, and 4, and Joe, you ready for this one? Resident Evil um, Survivor uh, Code Veronica, the Japanese game. Nice. It is incredible, Joe. Since you're a diehard Resident <laughs> Evil fan, I'm telling you oh, that's yeah. the first that's the first game you and I are gonna play is Resident Evil uh, Code right. Veronica Survivor. Two player, two player. Yes. <clears throat> <That was> great. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, all right. I think Shay's got another one. Yes, uh, Shay asks, "What are your favorite kaiju movies?" Oh, I'm I'm a huge Godzilla and Gamera fan, so anything from uh, like anything with Godzilla and Gamera, I, I absolutely love it. Well, you just turned Jay off with the camera. <laughs> Mr. Turtle <laughs> <Hater> over here. <laughs> hey, give me a break. Okay, wait, okay. Um, if, if, if I can make it up to you, Doc, I may hate Gamera, but my one of my favorite kaiju movies ever is Daimajin. Oh, uh, Daimajin? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. There, 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 there's your uh, Dae love right there. Um, all right, uh, Scott's got a question, I right. see. Scott has been admiring your guitar collection. I know we talked about this off air, but uh, if you want to rehash that and let them know what that's all about. <laughs> uh, so I, I do all the music for Galloping Ghost Productions. So I write all the soundtracks for Dark Presence and Conquering Light and all the uh, video games we get to work on. So uh, most of the guitar, well, pretty much every guitar back there is fairly unique. Um, like there's a trans performance guitar, which is a, um, it's got a, they hollow the guitar out and they've put six motors in it. So it, it's able to change tunings on the fly uh, by, and it, it can't go out of tune. It makes sure that you're always in tune, uh, not digitally, but by actually adjusting the string tension. So you can change to whatever you, tuning you want mid-song. So it's changed how uh, I write music and everything. It's such an incredible instrument. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, Joe, looks like our friend JT is reborn. Sean Wick from Detroit got a nice compliment here. Yes, he said he's, uh, he's jumping in and wanted to say, Galloping Ghost Arcade is one of the most incredible places he's ever been in. Thank you for that. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. We 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 yeah. try it. Uh, such uh, the cornerstone is making sure everything is working and and playing great. And we're we're trying to live up to not only the nostalgia of players that have gone to arcades their whole lives, but it's it on paper it can sound like a hard sell to go. Hey, do you want to go to this place and play games from 1976 to? Uh, through the 80s and stuff with the console games are so good so we want to make sure it's an experience for everybody and uh for that the games have to all be working and looking great so that's what we try for so awesome. absolutely and again i can attest to it again i've been there like six times and i i always make it a priority it doesn't matter chicago's one of my favorite cities to visit and no matter what i'm doing i always make galloping ghost one of my high priorities so that being said, let's just take a quick, we're gonna take a quick break. A quick break. You know why, Joe? We have I a special we have a special announcement, guys! First and foremost, before I unleash this announcement, I just wanna say thank you to Nerdcage Nation for all your support. Last year's Cheesy Movies for Charity was one of the most gratifying things I've ever done in my life. 
That being said, guys, please feast, feast your eyes and ears to this. Behold. What's up, Nerd Cage Nation? It's your boy, Chase St. G. And of course, I'm Joe from Follow One Gaming. Last Christmas, we did the most epic watch party marathon that was cheesy movies for charity. And may I say, it was the most gratifying thing we've ever done on Nerd Cage Live. Last year, we raised over $1,000 for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So guess what? We're doing it again. That's right, baby. It's charity time. Yes, Cheesy Movies for Charity 2 will be right here on YouTube.com slash at NerdCageLive on Saturday, December 16th, starting at noon Eastern Standard Time. So, Joe, kick this shit off. Starting at noon, we will watch Double Dragon, which is currently streaming on Tubi. And at 2 p.m., we will watch Samurai Cop, which is also streaming on Tubi. At 4 p.m., it's Garbage Day. Yes, we will watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which is currently on YouTube. And at 6 p.m., it will be Joe's first time as we watch the 1966 Batman movie with Adam West, available on HBO Max. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And for the finale at 8 p.m., we will end on the highest note with Moonfall, available on HBO Max. For this year, once again, we'll be working with St. Jude's, and we are going to set the initial goal for $1,000. We can do it. When the watch party starts, there will be a link in the description where you can donate. Progress will be shown on stream. The first five people who donate at least $100 will get a free Nerd Cage Life t-shirt of their choice at our merch store. Once we hit our goal of $1,000 for St. Jude's, we will give away a Nerd Cage Live hoodie from our merch store because it's winter time and it's our way of saying thank you. Finally, if we get to at least two thousand dollars for st jude's children's hospital i will cut my hair off and donate it st jude's is our favorite charity and we are so excited to be working with them once again thanks, thanks a, a lot, lot nerd cage nation, nation. We, we will see you saturday december 16th that is right cheesy movies for charity is back let's go joe do you think we can you know raise can we raise $2,000? Oh, no contest. I'm pretty sure we can do Let's that. do it. I, I am ready. I am ready to endure all the torture of these bad movies. But St. Jude's my favorite charity, and I can't wait. I'm very, very excited, guys. Mark your calendars December 16th, starting at noon, Eastern Standard Time. Hang out with us. Donate if you can. If you can't donate, share with everybody you know. Someone could probably just donate. Just do what you can. If you just want to hang out with us, that's fine too. I'm very much looking forward to it. Got Joe, are you excited? I am excited, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Everybody, everybody's ready to, for me to cut my hair off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of this. I will chop all of this off if we raise $2,000 and I'll donate it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Thanks, so Doc Mac, thank you for letting us make that announcement. Um, of course, it's awesome. Okay, all right, so. I actually had a couple questions myself. Okay, um, Joe, blast, blast them. Back to the primal rage thing. Uh, now that so much time has passed and the industry has, you know, grown so much, and I mean, you got, yeah, graphically it's gotten better. Everything's gotten like top tier. If somebody were to buy out 
rights to Primal Rage and try to make a new one. Do you think it would be successful or do you think it would just be a remaster? Um, I, I think it could very well, do very well. Um, the demand for it is definitely there. Uh, the excitement from when we put that game on the arcade floor, it, people were coming in from all over. Like literally, we had a couple hitchhike from Oregon wow. out to Brookfield, Illinois, just to see Primal Rage 2. And so the the, the game has, it, it, it's not Street Fighter, it's not Mortal Kombat, but it has a tremendous following. And it, it was, it would have come out, had Midway not purchased Atari, the game would have come out. Um, it was so close to being done. Um, I, I think had it got out there, I think you would have seen a lot more of the Primal Rage games in the series. Um, but th once Midway purchased it, it was, the focus went solely to Mortal Kombat. They were uh, kind of like getting the IP off of the market just so they didn't have to deal with it. Um, and they had, basically like sidelined, I think it was seven games Atari was working on at the time. Uh, and we have several of the prototype games at, at the arcade, like Freeze the Cat, uh, Vicious Circle, um, what was, uh, Beavis and Butthead would be another one. So, um, but to the original question, yeah, I, I think definitely if Primal Rage uh, got the, got green lit. It it do well. It would do well. Like the, it's very unique and it, it has that nostalgia factor and it's it's different. It it, I'm sure, if they did it today, they would probably just use 3D models instead of the uh, yeah. stop motion, mm -hmm. um, which I think would upset a lot of the players. But it's it's cost effectiveness. It's so much easier to do 3D. Yeah, yeah I tend to agree. At the same time, I think with with the graphics that we have today, they could look amazing. It's there's there's something about it though where it was one of those things with even with our game uh, using live actors now, it makes it stand out so much. Yeah, uh, like there's the games are looking incredible, but they all have that kind of same vibe to them and you're not getting those different artist interpretations that you used yeah. to right. um like you could look at a game back in the day that brian colin drew and you'd be like oh that's a brian colin game he made rampage he made pigskin he made our tribals yeah. and now just everything looks so beautiful and it's getting so much easier to make games look beautiful they're lose to me. They're kind of losing that nuance of artisticness, which is if if we were doing a Primal Rage game, you'd see you'd see the maquettes, you'd see stop motion all day long because it oh, it yeah. will have such a different feel to it, and that's what made Primal Rage two so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like how you like how you brought up that you know back in the day you could you could basically link it to the artist that created it and say okay, well this is this person. Nowadays, it's more like you can link it to the engine it was created with. Very They'll true. Say, oh, this was Unreal Engine, or this was Frostbite, or this was Crytek, or something like that. Like, you link it to the company now rather than the person. 
Very true. Very true. I, I know it will never happen. And, and I know you're friends with Ed Boone, but I got to bring this up real quick. I know Ed Boone, he, he can be a troll on Twitter. Um, he actually, right when Godzilla vs. Kong came out, by the way, I hated that movie. But anyway, when, uh, when Godzilla vs. Kong came out a couple of years ago, uh, Ed Boone teased the idea about what if over at NetherRealm we did a kaiju fighting game, which I know would be a nightmare to get all the rights to. Well, I know Ed Boon is kind of, has has thought about. It. I'm sure I'm sure it's been talked about, but because he brought it up on Twitter. It's you know there, if anybody could get them into a fighting game universe, it it would be Ed Boon and NetherRealm. Like those, it they have done um, like brawler games. There's a game Gigabash that uh, has yes. a lot of Godzilla characters out there. And they just announced and, Ultraman uh, is going to be DLC in November. It's, so it's doable. It, it's, yeah. uh, it, they could do it. Um, who knows? The problem with using uh, Kaiju as, as a fighting character, um, I don't think the players would... You, games like Mortal Kombat, the, the characters move so fast. When you have giant monsters, they should be a little slow and lumbering. And yeah, which I, is what I made Primal Rage yeah. awesome. Primal, Primal Rage, it did move well. It yeah. was very... It was different. It, was, it, it played very different. It didn't have the... It felt like a fighting game, but... I think people have different expectations for Godzilla versus like, and you can get away with it with a raptor like Talon, and you yeah. can have speed in there. But by the way, Blizzard's Blizzard's my main. Just saying. Blizzard. I mean, I just you know, I I, I, I like the big muscular characters. And I like, you know, of course, I I was always fascinated by like the abominable snowman and you know the icy characters like Sub Zero and so yeah, I really like. Uh, it's really uh, Blizzard and. And Diablo are my two favorite characters in that game, by the way. Oh, the, but, that was the thing. It's such a, a small roster of characters, and they just stand out so much. They were so unique to one another. Um, yeah. Like it, it was, it was just such a, a cool, unique game. It, it, after all this time, it, it stands out. So. Yes. Probably gonna right. make me go play it tonight. I'm gonna have to get that, a few games in tonight on uh, nice. the original. Um, so if, I, if you're seeing me cheese a little bit, it's because I'm kind of giggling at the comments right now. Um, <laughs> so, don't take this the wrong way, Doc, but if you want to go ahead and read that one comment. John. Oh, yeah. Um, Shay said, if you don't mind him saying, he said your voice sounds a lot like Steve-O's. <laughs> and everybody in the chat is agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now, so now I'm, I'm like listening to. Yeah, he's great. Like, I love Steve. Dude, I love Steve. <laughs> Steve O's the man. So I'm just saying. I just want. I just want to point that out. I was, I was, I was, the reason why I'm kind of like I'm cheesing right now because the chat's making me laugh. Um. So that I, Doc. So here's a question I'm dying to ask. I know, and also it's a basic vanilla question, but I have to ask. Obviously, we've been talking about Primal Rage too, but like, what other arcade machine? like stands out to you like what other like what are your favorite arcade machines that you have there oh that if if it's at the arcade it's kind of the one selfish thing about the arcade is like i won't put a game in the arcade that i don't want to personally play um favorites there's 
that's such a hard thing. You, but usually I say it's uh, Narc. Because that was the... Okay, uh, okay, great game, great game. First arcade game I ever bought. I was uh, 16 when I bought it. And uh, we had a developer's day where we invited everybody that worked on the game. Eugene Jarvis, George Petro, Mark Lafredo. Um, everybody that had a hand in creating this game. And the night before our big event, uh, like I'm all excited because I'm, I'm geeking out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to talk to all these guys and find yeah. out some insight of the game. And uh, George Petro, who is one of the programmers on the game, calls me up. And he's like, oh, do you have a, a spare NARC board? And I'm like, yeah, I, I got one. And we're, we're all rushing around here getting artwork printed out and because we're having all of them do autographs and everything. It's like, hey, can you drop that off real quick? So drove out, handed him the board, didn't think anything about it. And next day, the event starts out. I'm, I'm meeting with everybody. I'm hearing all these crazy stories. And uh, George Petro shows up and he's like, you know, here, here's your board back. And he's like, right before, maybe like two to three weeks before the game actually came out, we had it out on test and we were adding uh, this bonus level where you're flying this helicopter and you're, you, have, you just have unlimited ammo. So you're just dropping missiles and bombs and blowing everything up. He's like, but it was, it was bugged. And the game was so close to coming out. We, we just pulled the level out and released it as it was without level. It's like, I finished coding it last night. Here's your board, one of a kind board with this unreleased level from this game from 1988. You're the only one that has it. It's not emulated anywhere. It's not at anybody else's arcade. No other collector has it. Here you go. And it was, it was, it was insane for me. Cause it's like, here's a game I've been playing since 1988. Yeah. And now I have this new level that's only playable here from one That's of the original creators. It, it wow. meant the world to me. So. I bet. I can't even imagine. All right, Joe, I knew this question was going to come up. Uh, Scott, go I ahead, Joe. You. And I think I know the answer, but Scott in the chat asks, uh, do you have the Aerosmith game? Uh, we do. We have uh, Aerosmith uh, Revolution X. We have the three-player version, which um, I think uh, our guy Fat um huge fans of the game again another george petro game um we've got a the original gun that uh the original style of gun that harry hoskins is holding on the side of the cabinet we've got that signed by george petro and carrie and uh jack hager uh one of the artists on the game so it's uh, amazing game amazing game absolutely so i so last time well not the last time uh uh last year when i went to the uh galloping ghost arcade me shout out to titan goji and daikaiju tony all the three of us played the aerosmith game we beat it i got so excited i finally beat it for the first time in my life just to find out oh you there's a lot of secrets in the game that you have to go back and do again i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to that game. Yeah, so like if you beat it once, you didn't really beat it because you have to get, you have to be laser fast and laser sharp to get to unlock a lot of secrets and, and pathways and so on and so forth. So, um, I just want to share that with everybody. Like that. Yeah. Reason to play it again. Yeah. yeah.
Um, okay, so, you know, that's actually, here's a good question for you. We just talked about your favorite game. What about, let, let's break it down a little bit. What, what's your favorite sports arcade game at, that's at the Galloping Ghost? Um, sports, uh, for me, I would probably say NBA Jam. Yeah! Um, that, that's pretty much, I, got I would say one of my favorites. Yes, yes. For me, I love NFL Blitz. Like, I'm a Blitz kid. Like, Blitz is great. There's a game called uh, Dirty Pigskin uh, that was done by the guys from, like, Raw Thrills. George Petro worked on that one. It was on the uh, Atomus Wave hardware. Amazing game. Like, uh, there's, like, a mafia team and a zombie team and yes. things. And it's, it's kind of like Blitz, but... Um, just crazy characters and stuff. So that's an, another really cool one. Okay, I gotta ask. So you're from Chicago. You you a diehard Bulls fan? I am not a sports guy. I, oh. I've never seen a wow. sports game. Never okay, seen okay. one. Oh, the, the reason okay, the reason I was gonna ask was like, well, if, what, what if you're a fan or not? But has any like Chicago athletes come through? Like has like. Any, like, the Bulls players or the Bears players come through Galloping Ghosts at all? Um, sports, not, not that I can recall. Okay. Uh, we've had, uh, <laughs> we've had a few of the, uh, uh, wrestlers from WWE and stuff stop by. Nice! Uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and, nice. um, yeah, but we don't. We've done events with uh, the Bulls and the Blackhawks, but we haven't seen any of the players here that, that we've known. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, God. All right, Joe, get, get that question. <laughs> Scott wants to know if Billy Corrigan ever stopped by. <laughs> uh, not yet. Uh, we have a, a, a mutual friend in common. So oh, he is, okay. He stopped by, but... Uh, not yet. We were all supposed to go to uh, G Fest this year, and yes. uh, Billy Billy couldn't make it. But what? Whoa, whoa, hold on. Yeah. Billy's a, Billy's a kaiju fan. He is. He is. What? Uh, he's okay. an Ultraman fan. What? <laughs> there you go, Scott. Scott's the biggest Pumpkins fan I've ever met. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. My my. Okay. So I gotta ask because I I've personally never been there, but um. Madam Zazas, have you been there? Or? I have not. I have not. Neither have I. I just figured I'd ask. All right. I was dying to ask this question. I've been chopping out the bit to ask this question. Um, as a New Yorker, it pains me to say this, but as a New Yorker, I absolutely love the deep dish pizza in Chicago. So, what's your favorite and what, what places do you recommend for those who <laughs> want to go to Chicago or been to, go, go to Chicago? So, I'd love to hear. Cause... Um... Oh, that's, that's tough. There's, um, I'm, I'm such not the right person to ask any food question on. Um, everybody's talk. I forget the new place that everybody's talking about, but, um, Lumalati's is one that everybody raves about. Uh, we've got one of our regulars who goes by Fat Chris every time he's in town. That's, that's the place he's, he's always, that's his favorite. That's okay. a lot of people's favorite. So I try to like every time I'm in Chicago. I mean, I always get my Giordano's, my my Pequods. I just had uh, Rosadas for the first time. Lat when I went was I in Chicago last couple months ago. 
So every time I'm there, I get the places I like, but then I want to try the places I haven't tried yet. So that, so yeah, I'll have to give that place a try. Yeah. There's two good ones in Brookfield. There's um, Danny's. Actually, there's three. There's a Baroni's, uh, Paisons, and um, Danny's, Paisons, and Baroni's, I would say, in, in Brookfield. Okay. Are all good. Du nice. Yeah, duly noted. Like I said, I'm always I'm always on a mission to get pizza, and I always like to try to different places, and then um, and I bring I bring some back to Syracuse as well. You know, <laughs> you got to, you got to. Um, now, I had a, I had a question that encompasses like all of entertainment, and we've talked about this with numerous guests. <laughs> uh, Nowadays, with all of entertainment, it seems to be the season of the reboot. Like everything's getting rebooted. How do you how do you feel about you know bringing back all of the nostalgia that we used to have, but in a new setting, the way they've been doing it with everything? Do you think they're doing too much, or do you think it's just the right amount? Or um, I, honestly, I don't like it. I I wish they would create new. It's like, I agree. it's so much, um, you start seeing things that are going in directions that they don't need to go in. And it's just kind of like, there's great ideas with the advancements they're making, but you don't need to take something old along with it. Uh, and the concern is obviously like the names have, the IPs have so much weight to them and so much value, but for the creators, to make something new and make it as good as something uh, out of the past, that should be the goal. And yeah. if it doesn't do it, and if it can't stand on its own legs, then it, it's not, maybe the ideas aren't good. So it's like, I get it. Everybody loves the stuff out of the past, but it, it kind of seems like you, you're taking advantage of a fan base and so, sometimes not always, but yeah. Uh, and it could be done where it's it's cool. You look at the new Godzilla minus one. It's 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 own yes. new story. They've always done it, and there's times where it can be fine. But I, I just think it's being too many things kind of brought forward. And I'd I'd love I to see. I think, I think it's getting lazy now, just because of the fact that it's like, oh well, this already did good, so let's do it again. But yeah. you know, you can't work off of that fame forever and i see it i see them doing even even further it's going it's going too far now because like i'm a diehard resident evil fan and i i enjoy the hell out of the remakes that they're doing but the fan base now is calling for like remakes of stuff that doesn't need to be remade like right. now they're calling for another remake of resident evil one it's like dude you remade it twice now you don't need to remake it again <laughs> you know how yes. when does it end <laughs> it's, it's one of the I agree I agree I, at the same time I will buy anything Resident Evil uh, like I, I, I wouldn't pass one up but it would be so much better there's so many constraints and restrictions using a, an existing IP like it, it would just just something new the problem is that a lot of the players it's kind of the double-edged sword. It's like they won't try new things. And because of that, the series that they hold so dear get, get kind of dragged along and 
put through some stuff that as a diehard fan you wouldn't want to see so it's it's one of those uh, to me a lot of the fault it you, you spread it around i kind of look at the uh the various sides of it you look at the developers and the designers and then the players and they're both at fault it's like the players want a certain thing and the developers and designers I think the atmosphere of why the games are being made has changed so much that it, it's a bad situation. Yeah, and I think when they started with remakes, they kind of opened up They didn't realize they were going to open. When everybody now is, oh, well, you remake this. Well, take this IP and remake this now. And it's like, it's good. It's a good idea. But I still think, you know, if you're going to do that, split your focus to one team does a remake and one team does a new IP. That way you're at least, you know, broadening your horizons a little bit. The problem is the budgets on the games and how much they have to earn is yeah. astronomical. Like yep. if, if you play uh, the new Mortal Kombat 1 game, it it was it, the, the, the credits, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like it was so funny the um one of our guys pointed out that the arabic regionalization team was larger than our entire company yeah and like there's just so much i don't want to say bloat to it but there's so many people involved in making games now where you can only imagine how what the budget was on making that game and you've got to get a return on it yeah, and I think it's funny oh, now right. too. That you'll, you'll see this giant AAA game come out, and it'll be beautiful. And then you'll see this indie game that's made by like a handful of people, and it's just as beautiful. And it's like you could have done that with ten people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The engines are so much easier to use. Um, I, I was looking over. We were gifted uh, the code book. Uh, from Rampage, Jeff Nauman, the, the programmer on Rampage. It's all in ASCII. It's like this this thick of code written by one guy. Yeah. And you had like four people making games back in the day. And now like your engines are built, your lighting is like, it's a lot of it is a lot more automated, but yeah. there's so many facets of it that it, I understand that you need a lot of people, but it, I don't know. It, it's one of like those when you can have when you can have these fan-made games look just as good as the AAA developers' games. That says something, you know. <laughs> it, it absolutely does. You you look at a game like Sifu when that came out, much yep. smaller company, such an amazing game. I spent so much time on that, and it had so much care put into it. It, it makes all the difference. Same with like Cuphead. Yeah, like, Cuphead's been a, like a yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like um, you were saying with the credits, like you have to skim through twenty minutes of credits. If you have an end credit scene, you're sitting there forever waiting. It's yeah. like I just want to see the end credit scene. I'm about to YouTube it. You know. <laughs> well, to be fair, Joe, when we when we did our Mortal Kombat One Story Mode stream, we, we just talked over. We talked over the credits. Oh, yeah, we have, yeah, the, yeah, we have yeah. the ability. Yeah, we got the ability to entertain. Your yeah. general offline player isn't going to have somebody. Oh, I, I, I guess I'll call somebody and have a conversation for 20 minutes before it comes up, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's, 
it's, it's just, it's big business. You know, like video games, the multi-billion dollar scene that it is. It's uh, the companies spend the money and uh, they have to earn it back to make the next game that they want to do, so. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we did miss um, one question, Joe. If you want to fetch that real quick from uh, uh, from uh, Sean Wick uh, about the, the the dojo. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if you can see that far back. If not, I, I can I can field it. Yeah, go ahead and field it because I gotta okay. scroll a bit. So our friend Sean Wick uh, from JT's report, by the way, subscribe to his channel if you haven't already, everybody. Uh, he said that he went to the Galloping Ghost Arcade and saw that there was an arcade, a pinball section, and also a martial arts dojo. How did the martial arts dojo came to be? <laughs> so uh, we were doing a show in New Jersey and it was this guy traveled in from New Jersey he was a huge fan of the game that we were working on saw the arcade and he was very much wanting to do the same thing out there and he, he didn't have the money to do it so we were like you know you could build this community by doing a convention and uh, once you do this convention, you'll you'll be buying games to have there. And so he started doing that. And his first show that he ran, uh, we brought, we went out, he invited us to come out as Galloping Ghost Arcade and Galloping Ghost Productions. Actually, he didn't invite us as the arcade, he invited us as Galloping Ghost Productions to show off our Dark Presence game and Spectre Files Deathstalker which was a game from 1984 that got canceled that the guy that made Rampage was working on. Yeah. So we took that out there. We brought Brian Colin, the, the creator of that game, Jeff Lee, the creator of Hubert, and Master Daniel Piscina, Dr. Philip Bond, and John Parrish, all from Mortal Kombat fame. So we're, we're sitting around and uh, Everybody, we're all, it's two in the morning after the show, and uh, the MK guys, when we started do, opening up the arcade, we would invite the MK guys, and they were very apprehensive to go out. They're like, it's 20 years ago, nobody knows who we are, nobody's got, I was like, no, 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 you guys gotta come out, you have this huge fan base you don't know about. So, we got them coming out, and when they're doing a show in New Jersey, they're like, this is crazy, we're out in New Jersey. We're getting paid to be here. People want our autographs and stuff. And they're like, this is excellent. We, I wish we could, Piscina was like, I wish we could do something more with you guys. And he runs a martial arts school in the city. Yes. Tony Marquez runs a martial arts school in the city. EKF. Yes, I go to train every time I'm in Chicago, I train with Marquez at EKF. He's amazing, he's amazing. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Catlin Zamara has a school in, in the city, uh, POW. So it's it was just kind of like, what if we opened up a martial arts school together? And I've, I've done martial arts my whole life. And it, nice. was, it was like, yeah, that, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. And then we got back from the show. And about a month later, my landlord is like, hey, we've got this building. Is it what if do you have any other business ideas that you'd want to do? And the whole thing just kind of came together in like two days. It was like, I'm talking with my guys. I'm like, hey, uh, what if we open up a gym and martial arts school with the Mortal Kombat guys? And everybody's like, yeah, it's cool. Let's do it. And uh, two months later, we were open. 
and Master Piscina was teaching there and John Parrish was doing training sessions and Philip Ahn was teaching Taekwondo and that became the Galloping Ghost Gamma. That is awesome. Nice. Sean, Sean, great question, man. That's a great question. Okay, so here's what I want to do. This is going to be last call, all right? Because it's, it's 9 o'clock in the East Coast. So here we go. The bar is closed, everybody. Last call. If you have any last-minute questions for Doc, pump them out now. We'll do last-minute questions. But I want to talk about something before we call it a night here, Doc, because we were talking off-air. Obviously, we kind of dabbed a little bit of kaiju earlier. Can we talk about your uh, kaiju business and your kaiju uh, appearances and stuff? Sure, sure. Um, life, lifelong Godzilla fan um, back in 2021. So uh, early 2000, I had started a website called kaijukits.com, which is basically a library and database of every Godzilla and Gamma model kit ever released in Japan and just thousands of kits all documented and pictures of them all and all the information on them. And um, in 2021, um, we had started to, I, I wanted to get into making our own model kits. So uh, we, we hired some sculptors. Um, we've had guys that do molds, uh, a guy by the name of, uh, Ken Koi with Koi Concepts. Uh, he had done our Mortal Kombat statue molds and our Dark Present statue molds. Nice. And um, basically just started 3D printing model kits and then doing molds for them and casting them. And we got the license. Uh, we do limited licenses in Japan for our Godzilla model kits that we sell out there now. So. Wow, We've got that's, about, that's an incredible achievement. Yeah, thank you. We have our actual storefront will be opening. Uh, it's in between our Galloping Ghost pinball building and our production offices. So there's another building in between that'll be our actual Galloping Ghost Kaiju Kobo offices. That's nice. incredible. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. I hope everybody heard that. So keep, keep <laughs> your eyes out when you're in the Galloping Ghost Arcade, especially you Kaiju fans like us. You know, yes. please keep your eyes out when that opens. We're excited, man. We're excited. It's just, it's just amazing. Again, let me just read. You live every man's dream, man. You do. You, you got the arcade. You get to do this kaiju stuff. Like, damn, man. Like, this is. Good. It's such it's an not honor. work. I, I, I'm very fortunate to get to do. It's, it's basically anything that's of interest. Um, the, it, it becomes a business. So it, it, it's all just stuff I love doing. We've got our uh, our printing company with Galloping Ghost Reproductions. Nice. Um, we've got an automotive shop with the Galloping Ghost Garage. So, like, oh, all of our guys cool. have sports cars and motorcycles, so we just take them down there. And oh, it's, we try to keep it all encompassed within a six-block radius. And there's we've got a lot of plans for the future of expanding the arcade. Um, we're looking at doing a second and third floor. Oh my God! Uh, yes, let's go. <laughs> we're talking about doing a video game museum. Um, nice. We're talking about doing a console and land center, and a venue. So there's there's a lot of stuff. We're far from done. So a lot That's more to come. Amazing! I, it, wow! Thanks so much for sharing that with us. And like I said, the fact that we get to talk about this stuff with you. So here's what we're gonna do. All right? Because like I said, I respect everybody's time here and whatnot. 
Um, uh, by the way, our, our friend uh, Sean says also, uh, he says that he loved the Godzilla arcade games you supplied at, uh, at G-Fest. Oh. We'll be bringing them back again soon, too. Yep, I know. When I They'll went to G-Fest, I didn't go to G-Fest this year. I went last year, and uh, yeah, I was definitely there, you know, when they... By the way, I'm, fine. I'm so happy they moved to a different venue. But yeah, it was oh, nice yeah. playing some of those uh, kaiju games and whatnot. Uh, it was it, definitely cool, definitely cool. It's playing the old school Godzilla retro games and whatnot. Um, but anyway, so Doc, I'm putting you on the spot. I asked this question to everybody that comes through, and I'm going to ask you, Doc Mack, the owner of Galpin Ghost Arcade, we'd love to have you back on Nerd Cage Live sometime. Would you love to come back and just talk more? Because I know there's so much more we can talk about. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, anytime. You tell yes. me when and I'm here. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, trust me, 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 and Joe will definitely figure some. We'll figure something out, man. I mean, I, we That'd we can awesome. talk. We can talk everything, games, kaiju. We can talk everything, man. Um, That'd be excellent. So, like I said, guys, last minute question, Joe. Do you got any uh, questions before we call it night here? Um, I do have one. I didn't want to end on a bit uh, like a low note or anything, but uh, the I know. You kind of opened the arcade because you saw the arcades were kind of moving on their way out and everything. Um, it's kind of starting to happen again a little bit with the newer games and everything, with the physical media being dropped and stuff. I don't know if you heard, but just recently we found out that Best Buy, as of 2024, quarter one, they're going to start dropping uh, their physical media. Yeah, well, I think it was just movies. And, uh, I don't know if it was games, but I think it was just movies. For, but for now, yeah. And then but, Xbox yeah, but we're, see, we're seeing going, that transition, yeah. Yeah, Xbox is starting to go full digital. Uh, Nintendo's talking about getting rid of cartridges altogether. And it's just, it looks like it's just an all-digital future. How do you feel about that? You know, it's, it's really up to... Right now, there's so few companies making arcade games. And you've got uh, Play Mechanics, you've got Raw Thrills. Um, those are the, are the big two. Namco's still doing stuff. Um, but it's one of those, I, I think the industry needs to prove that the demand is there. Um, and I look at the arcade scene again. You've got, I look at it on three levels. You've got the developers and designers, you've got the players, and you've got the venues. Yes. So since we've opened the Galloping Ghost Arcade, we've helped 44 arcades open worldwide. Nice. Uh, which the demand is there. It's yeah. getting much harder because there's a finite amount of classic arcade games. So like, it's getting much harder to buy arcade games in general. So that makes it harder for new arcades to open. Uh, again, we were talking about budgets with arcade companies. They don't know that there's money to be made here. And that's one of the big things. I think we're hopefully going to have somewhat of an impact when our game comes out because we're very much about sharing our information that we get. Uh, just like when we opened the arcade, we shared the business model. Uh, we showed how to build a community. We showed how to do repairs and anything and everything to help an arcade be successful. The next step is to do that within the gaming community to show that you can make an arcade game with a new IP and have it be successful and make money. And you can do a console version afterwards, but you look at the problem of what kind of pushed the arcade scene 
to the spot it's in. And a lot of the industry people say, oh, it's the consoles that kill. It's like, that was part of it. But in the arcade heyday, there was like three companies making games. You had like Atari and, and Bally and, and Williams. And it was a very small amount of companies. And it was once Data East and Sega and Nintendo, like all these other companies piled on, all these very small companies, Panico and everybody was making arcade games. And it made the pie seem much smaller. Now the pie is very large again. So like if you put out a good arcade game, everybody will buy it because everybody's going to these arcades. The arcades need new games and whoever supplies the arcade game first is, is going to win out. And we're, we're hoping we're really going to be in that spot with our game. Um, we are, we're approaching it from not just looking at it as a designer, not just looking at it as a player, not just looking at it as a venue, but with all three focal points coming in and with data from all the, the from all three, it really, we're hoping we can have a big impact and revitalize the arcade scene to, to the point where maybe it hasn't seen its best days yet. Maybe the best is yet to come. Yeah, and the thing that's really scary to me uh, on the console side of it alone is now that everything is starting to become digital and server-based and license-based, um, the, the problem that I'm seeing, like, for instance, uh, <laughs> WWE 2K22. Uh, I guess from what I heard, I don't know if it's the end of the year or if it's in April, they're discontinuing service support for that game. So, and that game's only a year old. So if they're gonna do that based on just having a game out for a year and dropping support, uh, I can see this causing a lot of issues for people that wanna play games long-term. So this has actually already happened in the arcade scene, unfortunately. Um, in Japan, they went with server-based games. Uh, there's like a Nessica Live system and games very much became where you didn't buy the physical copy, you were just licensing it. And games like, there's an amazing Castlevania game that uh, Konami put out and it used a light whip. So it's like, picture all the classic music and um, a lot of the same environments that you would recognize, but done in a 3D, but in a light whip motion. So it's almost like a Wiimote that you're swinging at the screen. Right. And you had to download updates. And there's a third character, the game shipped with two characters, and then there was a hidden character that you could eventually unlock from the server, but servers are gone. And seemingly so is this third character. So like, th there's just lost content. And it's it's such a disposable time where games are coming out so quick and if they don't do well, they're just kind of thrown by the wayside. And whereas we can look back at all these games that people love from the 70s, 80s and 90s and early 2000s, the industry doesn't seem like it's learning anything. It, it makes yeah. the same mistakes where people would lose their mind to have some of these old classic games. And fortunately, they're off in warehouses somewhere. It's just a matter of finding them. These new games, once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. And we've seen there's a huge level of preservation that goes on in the arcade scene, but that focuses on the 
past stuff, not so much the newest stuff. So it's an unfortunate thing. And I think there's games that have already been lost that came out not too long ago. So it's yeah, it seems like it seems to be like, like greed has taken over a little bit, and it's <laughs> kind of gotten to the point where yes, we have a full game, but we're not going to release it all at once. We're going to release it in pieces, so you have to buy each piece at a time, and then. We're going to drop server support altogether after about a year or two, and you're going to be forced to buy the next one. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of, you know, it's disheartening at times. <laughs> it is. It's so unfortunate. Like, obviously, you need a strong business side to to the scene. And there's always been one. If you watch um, documentaries like Insert Coin. Uh, I plan on to. Great... I, <laughs> I haven't watched you. I plan on to. It's so good. It's I bet. it's very much from the hardcore fans' perspective of what they want to hear. Talks a little bit about the cutthroat scene that was within Midway and everything. Yeah. And it's business. It's a business. But the unfortunate side is you have this heavily driven artistic side, and then this this amazing fan base that wants to kind of have all of it and they're all competing and for the business side usually wins out which is the sad thing but you can if you can get a balance between all of them then you'll see something similar to how it was back in the day where you had artists creating really cool games that players will love forever like the, the games in the arcade they stand the test of time for a reason Whereas, like, you look at the games that uh, in the last, like, couple of decades, the games that come out, they're not as revered. It's like yeah. nobody's clamoring to play them. Whereas a game like Rampage or Qbert, so you w watch the face of somebody that sees those games and watch how uh, how it hits them. It's it's a different thing. Yeah, Pac-Man, Defender. Shout out to our friend Drew Stone, who loves the game Defender back in the day. My parents... Amazing. My parents, when they, before I was born, when they dated, their favorite game was Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Like, that was their thing, you know? Like, yeah, and, and I, I, I love Pac-Man. I mean, to this day, I just, when I'm at a Galpin Ghost, I make sure I play a Pac-Man game. So, you know, it's, like you said, it's a, it's a revered, uh, you know, franchise, arcade game. More than, more so than some of this recent stuff that's come out. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's let's wrap it up. We always like to leave our audience wanting more, so we can't wait to have you back. But uh, Doc, uh, before we end it, I want to give the floor to you one last time. If you have a message for Nerd Cage Nation, anything you want to promote, uh, obviously all the links, the Galpin Ghost Arcade YouTube channel, the website page, it's all in the description. But yes, Doc, go ahead. If there's anything you want to promote, and message for our our audience, by all means, the floor is yours, buddy. Uh, well, again, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun being on the show, and hope uh, hope you'll have me back whenever you want. So, and absolutely, hope and, to uh, see you guys around the arcade. That would be awesome. Let me know if you guys ever want to do a podcast live from the arcade or something. That'd be awesome. Abs yeah. Oh my God! Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I, I try to go to Chicago at least once a year, every year. So I'm I'm bound to be back. Where if it's G Fest. Or another festival, or or a Giants Bears game, or I don't know, but I, I or a concert, <laughs> where if it's Ministry or Ramstein or something, I'm, I find myself in Chicago quite. Because here's the thing, uh, Doc, just so you know, it's easy for me to get to Chicago because there's two reasons. One, 
I, I mean, I don't really fly much, but the train, the train from Syracuse to Chicago leaves at night. So I take the train to Chicago. I, I sleep off the train on it. I wake up. I'm in Chicago. Or I can just drive because we live right off of I-90. I can just get I can just go get in my car, drive down I-90 for, for 10, 11 hours. Boom, I'm in Chicago. So it's easy. So I find myself in Chicago quite often. And, of course, I love the pizza. So I go to Chicago quite a bit. I'm going to bring this boy with me, too. Joe, you're going with next time, next Chicago trip. You're going with me. We're going to the Galveston Ghost. We're going to get some pizza. And, yeah, we're going to tear, we're going to tear it up. Hell yeah. <laughs> That'll but be yeah. awesome. Looking forward to it. Yes, so listen, everybody, if, you, if you're in Chicago or if you're near Chicago, you plan on visiting Chicago, make it a priority. Visit the Galloping Ghost Arcade. I'm telling you, not, it's an experience. And I guarantee you, no matter how long you spend time there, you're not going to get to do everything. Because I'm telling you, I spend hours upon hours and upon hours there, and I keep coming back because like, there's so many games there I have yet to play. So please, make it a priority to get yourself to the Galloping Ghost Arcade. You'll be glad you did. You're gonna, you're gonna love, you're gonna love being in there. I guarantee it. <laughs> All right, Joe, let's plug in our yeah. shows, man. Joe, what we got? All uh, right. So, uh, Joe, what we got going on tomorrow on Twitch? Tomorrow we are playing Medieval Remastered. Yes, absolutely. We're gonna be at this time. <laughs> and then, uh, Joe, Tuesday. Tuesday we go back to Resident Evil Nemesis. That's twitch.tv slash nerdcagelive. Yes, that's old Resident Evil 3, Nemesis on PlayStation 1. Then Joe, next Thursday, he's coming back. Yes, Dave Diabor of Dog Eat Dog will be back before his European tour. Yes, we're going to talk the new Dog Eat Dog album. We're going to talk horror movies, and we're going to talk kaiju. We're going to talk everything. Dave is the man. We cannot wait to have him back on. Uh... He, he, he's a he's a bro and of course joe net the thursday the 26th yes is our giveaway stream with uncanny carlos and mk habit addict yes be sure to enter to win a mortal kombat uh one collection edition for playstation 5 and of course joe saturday the 28th yes is our watch party of Ernest scared stupid with Mistress Leanna Lee. Yes, we cannot wait to have her back on. And then Joe, oh my God, I'm chomping at the bit. Thursday, November 2nd. I know, Heather Hardy. Oh, She'll be on go. the show for sure. <laughs> She's my favorite female athlete. She's my favorite boxer. I cannot wait to have her on the show. And then finally, mark your calendars for Saturday, December 16th, Joe. Yes, for Cheesy Movies for Charity 2. Yes. <laughs> Double Dragon, Samurai Cop, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, Batman 66, and Moonfall. So listen, everybody. Oh, Joe, go ahead. Plug in social media. All right. If you want to get us on Twitter or Instagram, both handles are at nerd underscore cage. Our link to our Discord is in the description. Become a member there as well. And our Facebook discussion group, that is Nerd Cage Nation. We love everything you guys put up there. No spoilers, no politics. And for God's sakes, keep it civil. Absolutely, and of course, get yourself a Nerdcage Live t-shirt like the one Joe was wearing. We have so many different designs. Pillows, hoodies, you name it. Nerdcage Live on Public. Get yourself a Nerdcage Live t-shirt. Right if you're a skinny booty call or a fat fuck, it don't matter. Big or small, we love them all. We go from small all the way to 5XL. And yes, it's the best way to support us directly. All right, so that being said, 
Thank you to our friend Doc Mack of the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Chicago. And for the meantime, everyone, we please ask you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like syphilis so you are safe from yours truly. Syracuse, New York, Chicago, Illinois, all of our friends friends around the world at Nerd Cage Live in the Galloping Ghost Arcade. As always, enjoy life, stay safe, eat your vegetables, do your push-ups, go to the gym, all that good stuff. Keep playing arcade games, and please keep collecting physical media. And good night. Good night. And stick around for these awesome promos, everybody. Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! Ah! Ha 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 ha!